It's the Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, it's a Friday, the 12th day of August for 2022. Another week is just about up and then we are into another weekend. Coming up shortly, Rich Harvey is back and we're talking the dangers of negative gearing and also looking at positive gearing and what to watch out for in this space. Also tomorrow on the Saturday Morning Podcast, we're looking at real estate agents who some commentators are saying need to start thinking about another career due to the property market. And it's true to say that the real estate industry has had an explosion of new real estate people being drawn into the industry. And we'll be talking to an agent who is relatively new to the industry to break it all down and to see what this new real reality looks like from a new real estate agent's lens. If you're celebrating your birthday today for the 12th of August, have a fantastic Friday. You share it on the same day as Pete Sampras, who is turning 50 today. He's the former world tennis star champion. Mark Knopfler, Dire Straits, he is turning 73. And I see, interesting on this day, back in 1981, IBM introduces its first personal computer, known as the PC and PC-DOS version 1.0. From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between, every morning on the Real Estate Podcast, we are just as addicted to property as you are. Every weekday morning from 630 It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. All right, let's check on your weather around Australia. First, we go to Sydney, expecting some rain at times today. 18 degrees is your forecast top. Melbourne, expecting a few showers with 15 degrees. Good morning to Brisbane, expecting a bit of cloud around and a high of 20 degrees, but it should be mainly dry. And in Perth, a sunshine Friday and your top of 21 degrees. It's the Real Estate Podcast across Australia, seven days a week. Let's Talk Property, a podcast series with Rich Harvey. Well, property investment is often described as both one of the simplest and most complex way to build wealth. On the simple side, because if you apply a few well-proven fundamentals, it's possible to build a solid and sizable portfolio that's reasonably easy to maintain over the long term. But complex because of the nuances of finance, tax law and tenancy legislation, what happens is that you end up in a world full of its own rules, regulations and language. And negative gearing is a big talking point among investors. But a lot of people don't fully understand what negative gearing is all about. And we're going to do some education around this this morning to help us understand the negative gearing strategy. We have Rich Harvey, buyer's advocate and CEO of propertybuyer.com.au. And a very good morning to you, Rich. Welcome back to your Friday morning, your regular slot. Good morning, Craig. Always a pleasure to be with you. And uh, how's things in your world? Pretty good. Well, you know, we're getting closer to spring. So I think everybody's just going to be feeling so much better when we get there. 
Bring it on. I can't wait for the warmer weather. It's been freezing the last couple of days in Sydney, so I can't wait for this warm spring weather to hit us. Yeah, Sydney's certainly been a little bit up and down for sure over the last month or so. So it's a good subject, Rich, we're talking about. So firstly, for those who don't know, what exactly is negative gearing? Yeah, it's often a misconstrued concept. In its really simplest form, negative gearing happens when the cost of owning and operating an investment property exceeds the return that you get in rental income. So if you can just visualize a spreadsheet and on it, you've got your rental income, that's the money coming in, and below that, all your outgoings and expenses. So you've got your property management fees, your maintenance, your rates, your insurance, your land tax, all of those things. And when you add them all up, if you've got more money going out the door than coming in the door every month, you're making a negative gearing loss on that property. So what you can do is then you're able as a property investor to deduct that loss from your yearly income. So it actually reduces your taxable income. But this whole thing seems a bit counterintuitive. What, you know, why would you own a property that's losing money every year? Well, because you can deduct those losses from your annual income, instead of paying all the tax that you normally pay to the government, you're actually diverting some of your tax to help offset the running costs of that property. And even though the asset might be losing money in terms of cash flow, you should be expecting the capital value of the property to grow at a much faster rate so that you're getting ahead in the long term. So really it's a it's a short-term play where you're losing cash flow, but you're gaining long-term capital growth. So perhaps Rich, give us an example for people so that they can drill more down onto this. Let's say you buy a property for 600000 you borrow 90% and you've got an interest rate of 5%. So what that means, you've got a loan, 540, your interest, this is the big one, your interest bill is $27,000 a year. But the rent is only 450 a week, which gives you 23400 So your interest is 27000 your rent is 23400 So that means you deduct 3600 off your taxable income each year from that bank interest. But let's assume that the property increases, say, around 8% in year one to 648. You've made $48,000 in capital gain and reduced your taxable income by 3,600. So that's sort of, in a nutshell, the simplest way to look at it. Yeah, it's all about that capital gain. And what are the most common dangers, I guess, and the pitfalls of negative gearing? Well, look, while it sounds like a bit of a stupid concept, you've got to be really careful that you buy a property that appreciates in value. I mean, it might sound really simple, but I've seen so many people buy the wrong property that's negatively geared for 10, 12, 15 years. So you've got to make sure you're going to buy a property that's going to have growth. Overpaying for a property is immediately going to put you behind. And it's really important that you get at some point in the future, you'd hope sort of within three to five years that the rent will increase or you'll build a really strong buffer from capital growth and you can refinance and use that extra refinancing money to help you hold that property long term. The other danger is that your taxable income isn't high enough cash flow losses. You've got to be able to service and maintain that property. So if you're a low income earner on the lowest marginal rate, you'll often find that negative gearing really doesn't work enough of its magic for you to own a property. And the other thing on that, if interest rates rise quickly like they are now, or you've got some major expenses, you know, hot water goes or your roof is, needs to be repaired, you could be really faced in, in quite a challenging situation. The danger is maintaining enough cash flow to hold that property for the long term so you benefit from the upside. 
What about positive gearing? We need to look at the positive side. A lot of people think that this is the best financial investment strategy out there. It is a great strategy. I love positive gearing. I also think negative gearing has a place as well. And that's why it really pays to get solid advice to work out a a strategy that fits each person's individual financial situation. But positive gearing, it simply means you're making more money each month. You actually got more rental income that's more than covering the expenses and putting money in your pocket each week. If you've got a positively geared property that's giving you like $10 a week cash flow, that only really gives you $520 a week in your pocket. You know, whoopee do. But if you've got a property that's like $1,000 a week positive cash flow, that's fantastic. I mean, that's going to give you $52,000 a year positive income. So if you've got that really cheap property at like $10 a week, but it's not going to grow in value, it's probably a bit of a dud investment. But if you've got one that's really going to significantly ramp up, like in a major regional area, or there's some sort of new infrastructure coming into a town that's really going to boost the value, it could be a good strategy. So Craig, it all comes down to your ability to service the loan and hold that property for the long term. And my advice is you've always got to have a buffer in place so you can cope with those those rising expenses. So when I started my portfolio, I negatively geared the first two or three properties. Uh, I really eliminated my tax bill. I was actually earning, you know, 75 grand at the time. And I really was paying, what, 25, 30 grand a year in tax. And I was able to almost eliminate my tax bill. So and instead of paying the tax man, I was putting that into my property portfolio. And Rich, there's been plenty of political debates about negative gearing, and that is that it contributes to housing problems of affordability and more. So what's your takeaway on all of that? Again, a lot of misinformation around negative gearing purportedly leading to massive property prices out of control. I don't believe it is the main cause of property prices being out of control. You remember in the 2019 election, the Labor Party went to the election with a policy platform to potentially remove negative gearing tax benefits or limit them for property investors. Unfortunately, they were soundly beaten at the polls. If you go back to 1985 in Australia, the Hawke-Keating government temporarily removed negative gearing benefits, and then they promptly reinstated them just less than two years later. But during that small window of a year and a half when they removed the negative gearing benefits, there was a mass exodus of individual property investors from the market, and that led to a surge in public housing demand and also rising rents. Negative gearing is primarily designed to encourage private investors to get into the housing market in order to increase the supply of rental properties, which in turn should make rents generally more affordable. The alternative is if we don't have negative gearing, the government's got to stump up all the extra properties that need to be built. So if the government tries to build more public and affordable housing, history's shown the government just doesn't have the resources to build anywhere near the level of demand that we need for rental accommodation. And even with this what's called help to buy scheme that the federal government's doing, that's only going to create another 20 or 30 affordable accommodation properties. But we have probably 150,000 people that need that more affordable accommodation. So we've got to encourage and keep using tax incentives for people to invest. And it's generally mum and dad investors that are negative gearing. It's not the super duper wealthy. The primary beneficiaries of negative gearing is ordinary mum and dad's. A question that comes to my mind is about property marketing groups who use negative gearing as a way to sell brand new or off-the-plan property investments. What about that space? What's your thinking there? Oh, you're going to get me going now. You've asked a, you've asked a curly one. I, I'm, I'm a big anti-spruker. I, I just get so angry and annoyed when I see marketing groups selling off-the-plan, overpriced properties you know, two bedroom units in oversupplied areas on the basis of tax deductions. It really gets up my goat. It really should be cracked down by ASIC. 
well, this idea of negative gearing has been used by marketing scammers for years to sell overpriced properties to uneducated buyers. What I'd say to your listeners out there, if you go to a seminar and you've been presented with this beautiful off-the-plan property and been sold the benefits of negative gearing on a whiteboard and you've got a salesman there showing you all the numbers and say, oh, look, it'll only cost you $20 a week and you know you can fly up to the Gold Coast and you know visit your property as a tax deduction. Well, you can't actually do that anymore because they've removed that deduction. These people have paid huge commissions from developers, sometimes between thirty dollars to $50,000 to flog these properties. And they're often in bad locations. They're often in locations where we don't believe, well, I don't believe that the, the capital growth rate will be very strong. I remember in Brisbane many years ago, there was a lot of one and two bedroom units sold off around New Farm and other areas around the city. Now, people that bought that thought, oh, great, I'm getting a tax deduction. But those units didn't rise in value for literally about 10 years. It's only been the last couple of years where the overhang of supply has finally been absorbed and those people are actually making capital growth. In a nutshell, Craig, tax deductions is the icing on the cake. It's not the fundamental reason to buy a property. And just finally, what's the best way for people to protect themselves from, I guess, the wrong strategy? Well, as I sort of mentioned before, it's about getting independent advice. I'm not saying negative gearing isn't a great way to boost your investment portfolio. I've used it myself, but it's the key is being able to manage your tax in an effective way so it benefits your overall financial position. So you've got to understand how it works and how the numbers work. So I would say, firstly, get a really good accountant who understands your personal finances and also understands property investment. And you want someone who doesn't have a vested interest in a property sale. You also need a finance broker who can accurately assess your borrowing capacity so that you don't overextend yourself when you go to buy that that first property or second property and, and do the negative gearing strategy. You really need to get the experience of an independent buyer's agent who can help you select the best location and the best asset and really tick all the boxes for an investment grade criteria because the buyer's agents are paid directly by you, the client. They're not paid a commission to sell you anything. They're there as an advisor get educated, understand the numbers and build that that really smart team around you to help you make a great decision. All right, Rich Harvey, plenty of information there about dangers of negative gearing. Plenty of good tips. Enjoy your Friday. Look forward to chatting once again next Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, Craig. Looking forward to the weekend. Can't wait. See you next week. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 